Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we will help you keep it running thanks to the help we get from Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, not far from here on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Dan Burns is uh, on the horn this morning. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well. It's going to be, well, it's cloudy now, but it's expected to clear up throughout the day today. And it looks like it's going to be a great weekend, all uh, today, tomorrow, and Monday for folks heading to the Minnesota State Fair. But well, that uh, sounds perfect. It, has, it hasn't been all that hot, has it? No, it really has not. It's been cooler than, uh, than usual, as a matter of fact. Well, we're already getting action and reaction from your presence today. Uh, if you have a car care question for Dan... As many of you know, he's helped us out here on CCO for about 20 years or so. So if you want to call in your question, he is an ASC certified technician, as I said, at Lloyd's Automotive, not far from here in St. Paul, 651-989-9226. The calls are coming in now, and if you uh, want to join in, do so. Don't wait, because Dan's going to be here till about 745 or so. So don't wait for your car care question. Call right now or send a text. Uh, 81807. Dan, somebody already did this earlier this morning, and let's uh, let's grab this as uh, as Dennis is picking up on some phone calls. Does Dan Burns ever install used parts from salvage yards to save customers money? I don't think we've ever had that question. We do. You do? Uh, from, from time to time, and actually there's some great recycle like recycling facilities uh, in the Twin Cities, and uh, you know, some of the, some, some of the cars, uh, you know, the, the value of the car is not high enough to replace maybe an engine or a transmission with a new one. And so they, uh, ask us to put a used one in and we're glad to do that. Our suppliers, even in many cases, uh, provide us with a, uh, warranty that, you know, you know there's a cost to it, but you sure. can buy a, you know, like a, like a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on the used part that we're installing, which is nice because the, the unfortunate thing about a used part is that uh, the facility nor nor us have any idea what, you know, what the part or where the part came from. Oh, sure. And, uh, and because of that, the warranty makes it makes you feel a little safer about the investment. But, yeah, we do that actually quite a bit. Interesting. What we won't do, mm-hmm. what we won't do, is replace a sing like a used single part because oftentimes the labor is just too big, and I can't I can't take that risk oh, because sure. I need to stand behind it. But, Absolutely. But on some big items, we do use used parts. Oh, like you know, wheels and and uh, there's actually quite a few used things. We mirrors, stuff like that. We're huh. glad to use. Interesting question. Thanks, the yeah. texter, for that. If you want to send down a text. 81807 or give us a call 651-989-9226 tell you what let's go to the phones brad in minneapolis i believe is first up here brad you're on with dan burns hi thanks for taking my call i have kind of an ethical question i have a friend she has a 2000 buick park avenue she had to have it towed in because of a starting issue while it was in 
they discovered a problem with her ignition. Now, her, her key has had difficulty, you know, being inserted into the ignition, and I could tell it was being worn out. And when it was in the shop, they called her and said, hey, we can't even get your key in, so we're going to look at this. Okay, so they set about trying to replace the wheel or the ignition cylinder. They told her they would have to probably drill it out since they can't even get the key in to release the pin to pull the cylinder out. They spent two hours drilling away, destroyed the steering column pretty much, told her they had to order a new steering column, and now her bill is up to $1,300. The car is fixed and everything, but I'm wondering ethically, she brought her car in with a perfectly fine steering column, and now she's ending up having to pay for it. I'm just wondering what your take is on this. What do you think, Dan? Well, that's an un- that's an uncomfortable situation for everything. You you know you you said that you knew that that the, that it, that there was something wrong with the switch, and uh, I guess the the you know going backwards, the piece that I would have asked my customer to do is come in here and show me how this key works because it's not working for us at all. And in in that process. Uh, it would have been a little bit more, you know, upfront, and and everybody maybe would have been a little bit more comfortable with it. But you know that that happens from time to time where the car is towed in for some for a particular reason, and and you know, say for example, we do a repair on it and it's all done, and then the car's sitting out in the driveway. You come to get it, and the starter quits. And I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything to your starter. It just happened to quit in my driveway and while that's a very uncomfortable situation for everybody it's also not my fault now if they indeed did something wrong and wrecked the steering column in the process then i think you need to have a conversation with them and maybe the right thing to do is go back to the the idea of you know somebody called in earlier and said do we ever use used parts and you know maybe that would have been a a better solution but uh i don't know that's that's a really hard one to to for me to say because I wasn't there and you I you weren't there yeah for one thing yeah you, you kind of need to know both sides of the story and it's obvious I mean all you know is that hey the key worked when I dropped it off and all they know is the key didn't work when it was in my driveway and I'm assuming I'm assuming everybody's telling the truth yeah and uh, if that's the case then uh, I guess the right answer would be to meet in the middle somewhere and make everybody happy. All right. Well, that makes sense, but again, it's kind of hard for you to pass judgment here without knowing uh, all the uh, yeah. All the you got to hear both sides of the story. Right. Hey, hang on, Dan. Uh, Dan Burns is with us from Lloyd's Automotive. We're on live at the Minnesota State Fair. I want to alert Walt and Tom. Hang on, you're going to be next on the phone. If anybody wants to send Dan a text, that number is eight one eight zero seven eight one. 807. We'll be back with Dan in just a moment. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is 65 degrees in the Twin Cities. Danny Long broadcasting live here at the Minnesota State Fair. Dan Burns is on the horn. We're talking car care like we always do in the 7 o'clock hour here on CCO. And Dan, we have callers, we have texters. So let's put you back. Before we put you back to work, I mentioned a couple of times that Lloyd's Automotive, not far from here, where are you guys located? Oh, there on he Grand is. Grand Avenue. It's just, it's just a couple miles south of there on Grand Avenue at, at 982 uh, Grand Avenue, um, right between Lexington and Victoria. 
Or, of course, you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. We just had our website updated, so that's fresh. Uh, or give us a call. Um, somebody will be there this morning. I'm not sure who exactly. Uh, at 651-228-1316. Excellent. Very good. All right, let's get back to the phones. Walt in Plymouth has been waiting. He'll be first up here. Walt, you're on with Dan Burns. Yes, uh, I, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have a 94 Buick Century 231, and on startup all the time, it hesitates and pauses uh, every time You know, I make num- numerous stops, and it'll, it'll hesitate every time until it gets warmed up, and then it uh, seems to run fine. What could be the cause? So the car starts fine, yep. but when you, go, when you go to accelerate, there's a hesitation. Right. Yeah. Well, is the check engine light on, or has it been on? No. Yeah. Um, 1994. That's that's before the uh, before the mandated onboard diagnostic. So I'm not sure how much information the computer would have stored in it. But the good news is that that vehicle is old enough where the technology is actually pretty simple. So I'm not sure exactly what it is. I think on a situation like that, you're probably going to want to take it in and get some help because then we can hook up our computerized equipment to it, take it out for a drive. And, you know, the good news for us is that it's acting up all the time. And, I, you know, I don't know if there's a, a sensor that's bad, maybe an, an airflow sensor or a throttle position sensor, something like that. And it's not happy until the uh, until the car gets up to full operating temperature. Hey, Walt, but, how many miles are on the car? Uh, probably two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, there's unfortunately a whole bunch of things that could be wrong with it. For, you know, so for me to speculate would be would not would not be helping you at all. <laughs> would so I think I think your best value would be to get some professional help on it, and they'll get to the bottom of it very quickly. What were you going to say, Walt? Well, I was going to say, uh, um, is there a possibility of the catalytic converter being uh, uh, plugged? No. Well, I doubt it because that would not get better. I mean, that would not get better with uh, the temperature change. So I think more likely it's, you know, maybe a lack of fuel or or a vacuum leak. Uh, sometimes, the, like, the intake manifold will be leaking vacuum when the engine is cool, and as it warms up, uh, everything expands and the vacuum leak seals itself up and then it works fine again until it cools down again. So I think it's more likely something like that. The catalytic converter would, would not have it. In fact, it would get worse as it got hot. So I don't think that would be it. I see. Okay. Thanks, Walt. Good luck with that. Very good. Let's see uh, who's next. Tom is calling in from Osseo. Tom, you're on CCO with Dan. Good morning, Dan and Denny. A beautiful day at the fair. I'm actually yes. going to be putting in a lot of hours driving Metro Transit bus there for the shuttles. Oh, you've you, you got a long weekend then. <laughs> Last year I put 104 hours on uh, overtime, but uh, I've got some other things that are getting my way. But, uh, yeah, I've uh, got a 98 Dodge uh, 4x4, and I'm suspecting that the uh, oil sending uh, unit is uh, problematic. When I pull up to stoplights, um, it drops down to zero. I get a little chime. You might have heard it in the background just there as I was entering uh, my stop here in my car. And uh, like right now, it's idling uh, in park, and it's at 30 pounds. But uh, when I pull up, like if you give it a little extra break or I just came around a 
kind of a merge corner to come into a gas station here to grab a quick bite on the way. Um, it dinged and went down to zero. Um, mainly it's not high RPMs, low RPMs, and usually like coming up to a stoplight or something. And, uh, like, yeah. And I'm, and then I have a quick second question on a, uh, just a GM engine, uh, serial number identification thing, but that, that's the primary ones is sending unit. I have a real good suspicion. I think it's the, uh, the unit and I guess, uh, where would it uh, be located also on the engine? I can solve. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know without looking it up exactly where it would be located. The no process, the process we would go through if you brought the car into our shop is we would hook up a mechanical, we would take the oil pressure sender out of the car, hook up a mechanical gauge, take the car out for a drive and see what's actually happening with the oil pressure. Uh, yep. If the oil pressure is indeed going that low to cause the light to come on, uh, then of course we've got a big problem because there's something going on in the engine. If, according to my mechanical gauge, the oil pressure is staying just fine, then it's very easy to replace that sending unit. And, uh, you know, if you Google it or whatever, you can find it. If you call a shop, somebody would be glad to help you with with where the location is uh, of the oil pressure switch. But and I, mean, I guess the other piece of it is that oil pressure switch is probably, so if you just wanted to take a chance and, and change it, uh, that might be a good idea, too. The mannerisms that it's displaying, though, is, uh, again, at low speed when you, uh, again, when you pull up, uh, is that uh, something that is a suspicion to you also that that 220,000 miles that would be uh, a sending unit? Well, I mean, I don't get any knocking. No, I don't not, get any engine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily. It, it, it could actually, uh, with that many miles, it actually could be losing oil pressure at idle. But, you know, the best way to know would be to actually check it with a mechanical gauge and, and be sure that the engine is sound. Yeah. And then the, other quick question, the quick question was on the, uh, on the, um, I got a couple of 4.3 liters, uh, uh, V, V6 is General Motors. And, uh, I'm wondering on the, uh, serial number, uh, is that, is there a simple way to find out the actual year of manufacture so I can identify those as to, as to what, uh, what they would be, uh, is, is, you understand them? Saying on that, oh, uh, yes, there's actually, uh, you know, the the vehicle identification number is either in the front windshield or on the driver's door pillar, and there's lots of websites available now where you can actually punch in the vehicle identification number, you know, and, and it'll uh, it'll tell you exactly what the car is, where it was made, what the manufacturer did, all sorts of information uh, if you put that in. Mm -hmm. So if, again, if you just do a web search for that. It'll, uh, it'll help you with that. Good deal. Dan, we have to take our usual break. We'll be back with more uh, callers and texters. We'll pick up on the text screen when we come back, too. Uh, phone number is 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Back here at the Minnesota State Fair. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is exactly 737 Central Time. We're broadcasting live. Live from the Minnesota State Fair. This is in the midst of our car care show here on CCO. Dan Burns is on the horn from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul answering your questions. And, Dan, we have callers yet and texters, too. Tell you what, folks have been waiting on the line for a little bit. Let's see if we can help them out first. Uh, Mike is calling from Blaine, Minnesota. Go ahead, Mike. Thanks for waiting. Good morning. I have a Mercury Sable, 2004 Mercury Sable, uh, just had recently purchased a few weeks ago. Uh, just for running to work, et cetera. And, 
everything was working fine, uh, particularly the cruise control. But then uh, yesterday, uh, everything would turn on, the cruise light, etc., but it wouldn't engage. Is that a fuse issue or a wiring issue that maybe that it would not have, uh, engage? You know, the, no, probably not. If the light's coming on and so forth, it probably has uh, the information uh, or, you know, it has power, I would guess. There's a whole bunch of inputs, though, um, like, for example, the brake light switch. If the brake light switch is sending a signal out to the computer that the, that the brakes are applied, then the cruise control won't work. And right. so it's hard for you to figure that out. It's easy for me to figure that out because okay. I, can, uh, I can get into the computer and, and see what's, what's exactly going on. Uh, I'm not sure if that if that O4 is controlled electronically or controlled with vacuum. Sure. But, uh, if it's controlled with vacuum, it might have a vacuum leak too, causing that problem. But oh, okay. I doubt I doubt if it's a fuse. I think more likely it's missing an input or it's getting a false input that's uh, creating or allowing it not to turn on. Okay, Mike. Thanks very much. Tim in St. Paul is next here on CCO. Tim, you're on with uh, Dan Burns. Yeah, uh, 97 Dodge Caravan, 3.3 liter, uh, occasional squealing uh, from the serpentine belt. Uh, is the tensioner bearing uh, with its pivoting arm usually a problem? Uh, uh, could it be the belt sometimes that glazes over? How do you pinpoint where the squealing's come from? It's probably what it is, is the belt and tensioner. If it's been squealing sometimes, or oftentimes, most of the time, it's also affected the belt, but... What we would do is take the belt off of the off of the vehicle. We would spin, spin each of the um, components and make sure that there's no bearing noise coming from any of those, and there probably is not. And uh, tensioners over time, you know, it's a spring-operated thing, and and you know when when heating and cooling a spring, it loses its tension. And so I'm sure what's happening is the tension's not strong enough, but. In the process, replace the belt at the same time, and I'm sure that will take care of it for you. All right, very good. Let's let's do this. We don't want to leave our uh, texters uh, out of the uh, picture either. Thanks, uh, Tim, for the call, by the way. Uh, let's see. Here's a 2005 Toyota Corolla. Awesome car, drives well, 254,000 miles, but very noisy, almost like the muffler had a hole in it, but it doesn't. <laughs> what do you think that could be? Exhaust Well, maybe it, maybe it does. Maybe it does, and no. you can't see it. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's really hard, especially like on a Corolla. It's so low to the ground. It's hard to get under it. You know, what what we would do is put it up on the hoist. We would, uh, um, if you know, if an exhaust leak is difficult for us to find, oftentimes we'll put it up on the hoist. We'll actually take a big rag and plug the tailpipe, and then, of course, the exhaust has to come out somewhere else, and, and it'll come out where the hole is, and that's an easy way for us to find it. But that's sometimes a difficult thing to do when you're when a car is so low to the ground like that. But right. if it's loud uh, by the exhaust, while it while you might not be able to see it, uh, it's probably coming out. You know, on, on that car, it, that car also probably has a flex pipe, which is kind of a it's a mesh. Uh, it's a different type of metal. It's more of a mesh. And, and and it allows the engine, to, you know, as, as the engine torques, of course, it moves. And so in the exhaust, there needs to be uh, a place for to accommodate that to happen. 
and you can't see through that mesh to see what's going on on the inside of it. But that might be where the leak is coming from, is from the flex pipe on the uh, on the exhaust system. Uh, Texter says this, Dan. We have it's a husband and wife question here. <laughs> Uh, we have a 1989 Suburban mint condition. When we get to highway speeds, it seems like it does not shift. It's very loud and hard on the ears. My husband says that's because it doesn't have overdrive. Could that be true? Well, I don't. I think I don't think so. I mean, if it's if it's alarming, I would say something's not right. And. Uh, um, you know, I mean, if it was designed without overdrive, it it should not sound alarming on the uh, on the highway. And I think probably the best thing you could do to solve the dilemma between the husband and the wife is maybe stop by a shop and ask them and someone just to take it for a drive. And I think a professional would be able to tell you exactly what's going on and and solve the dilemma dilemma for you. But I have a tendency to say that if it's an alarming sound going down the road, I would say that's probably not right. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. It's a 1989, so anything can happen yeah. on that mile. So. Yeah. Well, Dan, what uh, should do people do? Now, we're up against the clock here. What, uh, you know, here it is September already. A lot of, so many kids back in school, maybe a lot of uh, college-age kids are taking their first drive away from home. What should that car be checked out uh, before they go? Well, first of all, I don't like all the conversation this morning about we're coming up against the end of summer. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little troubling, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But if the kids are going back to college, and uh, or even it's not too soon for us to start talking about you know fall tune-up and and getting ready for winter. But uh, you know the, the the car definitely, especially if it's going away and and you're not going to be have your own shop to deal with, you need to have brought the car into the shop and. Make sure that the oil has been changed, that all the fluids are full, that the steering linkage is tight, <clears throat> that the condition of the tires is good, and, you know, that the air pressure in the tires is good, all sorts of things like that. But but uh, before you send that car off across the state or across the country, make sure that you have a safety inspection done on it. And every shop in town knows exactly how to do that and know what to, knows what to do to know that your student or friend or family member is going to safely get across country. Yeah, good idea. So, What's the number yeah. to Lloyd's Automotive? And I know you're open today for a while. Yeah, you can give us a call this morning. The number is 651-228-1316. And or you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S. Newly designed website. That's a great thing. Now... Uh, we're going to be back downtown one week from today, right? I look forward to it. All right, Dan. Have a good week. Thanks very much. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.